Weather continues to wreak havoc on farms, whether from too much rain or the lack of it. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at issues across the country as reported by our editors. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. For many in agriculture, 2020 can't end soon enough. We've talked about the record derecho that roared through the Midwest. Just two weeks later, two hurricanes took aim at the Gulf, and while one brought rain, the second slammed into shore as a Category 4 monster. But Laura wasn't the first big storm to hit that region. This week we talk Hannah, Laura, and the farm with two editors from the Farm Press team. Shelley Hughley, editor of Southwest Farm Press, who discusses the weather from the crop-crunching drought north of the hurricane-swamped coast to the soggy fields to her south. Then Elena Desmukas with Delta Farm Press discusses what she's learned talking to farmers in Louisiana and Arkansas, where Hurricane Laura hit hard, bringing plenty of rain and strong winds to farms across the region. First, we check in with Shelley Hughley with Southwest Farm Press. Shelley, uh, good to catch up with you out there in Texas. A quick question for you. I, I'm starting to ask this of editors as we evolve the podcast, since we're talking to people around the country. So what's the weather like in your neck of the woods? Well, that's kind of a big question when you're talking about Texas and Oklahoma, because down in the lower Rio Grande Valley, that's at the tip of the bottom of Texas, you have completely different weather than you've got up here where I'm at, which is the Texas South Plains. So I'll start with what I know and what I'm living on my own farm. And we are currently uh, just really in, in a continuous drought pattern. Uh, we've been running our wells nonstop since March. We've had a couple of rain showers, but everything's been real spotty. We have harvested corn. It was not so great. Corn does not like drought and supplemental irrigation. And uh, we're getting ready to plant wheat, but even it's so dry that my husband uh, is having to irrigate right now just so we can sow seed in a couple of weeks. Up here it's been really dry and unfortunately we didn't get any rainfall from coming off that the last hurricane. A lot of times uh, you and I talked about that that sometimes we'll we'll get some rain out of the deal up here but that just hasn't happened. Uh, as you moved move further down uh, Texas again just continuous drought patterns throughout a lot of Texas and then Along the coast, of course, they just uh, weathered Hurricane Laura, which thankfully did not do a lot of, of damage in Texas. Uh, Louisiana really got the, the bulk of it. But where we've been hurt by hurricanes is in the Rio Grande Valley, lower Rio Grande, again at the tip of Texas, by Hurricane Hannah. And they've, they've really had significant losses down there. Yeah, I think Hannah was terrible, and then Marco what was a bust, and then Laura went east, right? And we're going yeah. to talk about Laura a little bit. But the hurricane situation, you're right, it missed Texas. I mean, Port Arthur was already, and then I heard the mayor on the radio, and he's like, nope, we're sending we're sending emergency workers east. So that was good news for the emergency workers but and the people in Port Arthur. What does that mean? I mean, when you're looking at this, like the Rio Grande got hit hard by Hannah. From a, from a farmer's standpoint, how bad is it? Well... I'll, t- I'll tell you, in the lower Rio Grande Valley right now, uh, they have been hit with flood, you know, flooding rainfall for the third year in a row. And so the last two years, it's hit in June, 
this year it was July with Hannah. I talked to Dale uh, Murden, who's a citrus grower, and he's president of the uh, Texas Citrus Mutual. Mm-hmm. And he talked about you're standing there. Our grapefruits about this time of year are baseball size. The oranges are much, much smaller, but you get hurricane force winds blowing baseballs around. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and he said, I'm standing there when the storm finally settles and we've got grapefruit just floating oh my uh, in our, our, uh, our groves. So uh, to be hit for the third year in a row uh, has, is obviously been very, very difficult. Uh, the, the cotton down there, some of the dry land had been harvested, but they had, the cotton farmers had just defoliated their cotton. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to a producer down there that said when the storm settled, there was cotton on the ground. It was wrapped around on the next plant. I mean, it's just, and and they estimate that they lost 90% of their cotton crop, the, the region. And so they've been hit really hard and now they're they're working to get those stalks shredded and plowed and uh, sprayed uh, so that they don't have anything that's going to host the bow weevil and so it's it's uh, been challenging is really not even an appropriate word <laughs> no it doesn't sound like it and it's it's interesting just the the very impact i mean we when you're talking about a hurricane, it's always about the wind, right? Everybody talks about the wind. But right. this 12 to 15 inches of rain that you get in a day and a half, there's no place for it to go down there. No. And um, and again, to the, the timing of it in, in June and July just, just really couldn't be worse, especially for the, the cotton this round. Well, this is hurricane country, though. We know the South is on the track for hurricanes all the time. Is there any way you you can't really mitigate this, right? It's all about timing. And they seem to be falling more right around prime pre-harvest time when the crop's just fat and ready to come out. And then come in. here comes Hannah. A couple of years ago, it was Michael in the South and the cotton was just stripped right off the, right off the stalk. I mean, this is intense. It is. And, and I think that's what's been so difficult is difficult uh, for us up here. It seems like we've gone to a rain pattern where, where we start getting moisture during harvest. We go all spring, summer long, and then all of a sudden, when <laughs> we need to be getting the crop out of the field, it starts raining. So um, I'm not sure what's happening. I just know that the weather for the last couple of years, for sure, has just um, made things very, very difficult, very challenging. and. I know when I talked to um, Dale and um, Webb Wallace, uh, Brian Jones down there in the lower Rio Grande Valley, mm-hmm. they're they're really trying to um, talk to their congressional leaders and have really been trying to communicate with them and, and let them know exactly what's happening. And, and they're really hoping that there's going to be some aid and, and some assistance and there's real concerns that if there's not, that these guys that have lost three years in a row, I'm, I'm not sure how you you do a fourth year. The other challenge is that used to be when you have even a, a whiff of a hurricane or a whiff of some kind of bad weather, the price would go up. And the, <laughs> no, no, the global supply and demand picture is so weird that even what you that that huge loss of cotton down there, no move in the cotton price hardly at all. Right. 
dry corn where you are, a derecho in Iowa, we picked up a few cents on on the corn price. It's just interesting to see how the market dynamics are changing and how we can act like we don't live in a global world when it comes to trade. But keep looking at your cotton and your corn price. They are affected by the, the global market. For sure. And, and that's something that's hard to get a handle on. Well, good luck to you. I hope you get well, I would ask you a hope for rain for you, but my guess is it would come when you want to bring something out or put something in, which right. wouldn't be well, good either way, right? <laughs> if it can come in the next week or so, I will have a very happy farmer. It will it will help, but I'll, I'll tell you, it's going to take a lot of rain up here uh, to to make up for the, the deficit. And um, hopefully the guys at the bottom of Texas can can get dried out and uh, I, I loved I talked to Webb Wallace this morning yeah. and he said you gotta love farmers he said I've he said they're the eternal optimists he said one or I guess some of them have said well the bright side is is we've already got a full profile for next year's crops so you gotta <laughs> love our, our farmers there's, yes, there's I always do. next year and they're they're already looking forward well Shelly Hughley it's been good talking to you today and stay safe and uh, hope you get some rain. Thanks. Me too. Great to catch up. Thanks to Shelley for her insight on the impact of harsh weather hammering farms in the south. Yet, she always seems to find a positive angle to be found in farming. We'll be back right after this. It's getting closer. The virtual farm show of the year, powered by Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest Days. The new Farm Progress virtual experience to be held September 15th, 16th, and 17th. Yes, the Farm Progress virtual experience is the online show that'll keep you up to date with the latest technology. Field demos, including the autonomy demos, marketing sessions, cattle handling and production, and so much more. There'll be farmer review and commentary panels and live Q&A, too. This year, you won't have to travel to the show. You can see it all. 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. September 15th, 16th, and 17th, wherever you have online access. From your mobile phone, your iPad, your laptop, your desktop computer, just go to farmprogressshow.com. The Farm Progress Virtual Experience, bringing together the Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest Days. That's September 15th through the 17th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., farmprogressshow.com. Elena Dismukas is the newest member of the Delta Farm Press staff who just celebrated her first year on the team. She shares what she's learned from farmers in the southern Delta area who are dealing with the aftermath of Laura on their farms. Elena, this is your first time on the podcast. Uh, welcome. Uh, as a, essentially, uh, when you're working at Farm Progress, if you've been here less than 15 years, you're a newbie. So definitely, which you've just celebrated your first anniversary with us. Congratulations. Well, so I'll you. start like I do with many of our editors. Tell me about the weather where you are. Well, right now it's looking pretty good. Um, it's We got some rain last week, but it hasn't been that bad for Mississippi. Friday, right after the storm hit, we got a little bit of rain, but not really that bad at all. A few, I think there was a few like small possibilities of some um, tornadoes to come through, but for the most part, I haven't really heard of any big ones that have happened, just like little wind damage. So, so let's move on to the topic at hand, and that, of course, is Laura, the hurricane that when it started, it was going to be with another hurricane, and that kind of piddled out. But when Laura came ashore, it came ashore with a, a, a category four and mm-hmm. dumped a lot of rain. 
it's all good and, and well and good to watch uh, the national news show me a dumping rain along the shore. What did it do inland? What what happened to our farmers? Um, well, I've talked to a few farmers just around uh, Louisiana as well as Arkansas. For the most part, of course, Louisiana got hit the hardest. Um, one farmer told me that a friend of his had a barn cave in, messed up equipment. Others are experiencing fields blown down or lodging from severe wind. Uh, another farmer also reported he knew some people who lost their homes, but he himself was luckily far enough away from the worst of the storm that his farm got little damage in comparison. So yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag across the state, just especially like the southern South Louisiana, close to the Texas border, they definitely got hit the hardest in the east side. Central Louisiana also got a lot of wind damage. Um, I know one guy I talked to, Bobby Skeen, um, who lives in Monroe, Louisiana, which is pretty up in the northern part of the state. They got a lot of wind damage and their electricity was out for several days. So pretty interesting how it hit. Yes, I've seen some interesting things about the electricity being out, too. I know that we carried a story in Delta that lack of electricity could be a challenge for stored rice and stored crops of any kind, because obviously we're trying down in that part of the world with the humidity and the heat. If you don't keep air moving through a bin, you can have a lot of trouble. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, I've heard some um, reports of that, too, especially of roofs blowing off of bins. And so, of course, they have, you know, water and elements you know getting into the bands and so yeah this was probably not the worst hurricane to hit that part of the world obviously we've had some bigger damage uh the timing wasn't great how did the cotton fare with in the areas that got uh hit i've heard of cotton that was uh, of course like bulls blown off some cotton down especially in the southern part of louisiana and arkansas for the most part i've heard more damage on rice and corn since it was like brought at harvest pretty much. A lot of farmers are pretty optimistic that they can still harvest a lot of their cotton as well as their soybeans. So that's that's good news, but it largely depends on where you are. The timing on these storms, and uh, we, I just, you know, just in our conversation with Shelly before this, it seems like the storms seem to be coming closer to harvest, right when the crop mm-hmm. is fat and ripe and ready to come out of the field and then comes a hurricane and takes it out. That happened with Michael a couple of years ago in Georgia. Hannah was pretty hard on the citrus crop too, as we discussed earlier. But what's the mood down there? I mean, when you talk to these farmers, are they just like happy they survived and they're planning next year? Or what What do you, what sense do you get out of that? From one guy I talked to, uh, he lives on the east part of Louisiana, and he was he was pretty happy that his farm didn't get hit as hard as he originally thought because he lives close to the Mississippi River, pretty mm-hmm. south. And luckily, his farm didn't get that bad hit. Of course, there was others that um, did get hit pretty hard. In Arkansas, a lot of people um, are very relieved their farms didn't get too bad um, hit by the storm. A lot of them are talking more about the rain that came afterwards and it raining too much mm-hmm. um, on their crops. So. Well, in that part of the world, there's no place for that water to go. So you get yeah. 10 or 12 inches. It's not going to run off real fast. I mean, it's pretty flat there and low. So mm-hmm. definitely a challenge. For farmers in the Midwest listening to this, I'll add that uh, a hurricane will drop 12 to 15 inches of rain in a day. And in if you're in Iowa and you've got 12 inches of rain, that's a bad thing, but you have waterways and tile lines and there's a place for it to go. It's not great. 
it can flood out a crop absolutely but when you're in the south and you get 12 to 15 inches of rain in a day you're not go- it's not going anywhere it's sitting for a mm-hmm. while and so i think uh, shelly made a comment one farmer told her well at least the profile looks good for next year's crop uh, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's one way to look at this i'm not so sure but uh, yeah, I think it was kind of hit or miss. Uh, there was, the, of course, that horrible news announcement before the storm hit the shore that there was going to be an unsurvivable storm surge. Mm-hmm. Turned out the winds kind of shifted enough that the storm surge was a storm surge, but it wasn't a deep impact wall of water that it sounded like it was going to be, uh, which would have been horrible, which is mm-hmm. good news. Um, anything else I think was really funny. We have an editor that lives in Houston and his power went out because his power company gets power from Louisiana. So <laughs> it's just the odd things you hear about a hurricane that can hit an area. So mm-hmm. that's for sure. Elaine, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for the insights for the farmers you talked to about this as usual. Really, like any major storm in agriculture, it's hit or miss. Point being that your good fortune is somebody else's bad fortune. And that's also the nature of this business that we get to cover. Thanks for your hard work. Stay safe and have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks to Shelley Hughley and Elena Dismukas for their insights this week. We appreciate the work they do covering their parts of the country. Around Farm Progress is our newest podcast looking at agriculture with the help of our national editorial team. But we have other podcasts you'll want to check out. The best way to find them is to visit farmprogress.com forward slash farm hyphen progress hyphen podcasts. Give them a listen. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional magazines, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs, and the new Farm Progress Virtual Experience. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.